Well, good Monday morning to you. Welcome to our Romans Bible study. Here in my office, I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson, Crossway Church, Queen City, Texas. Uh, glad you're watching, whenever it is you might be watching. Hope you get your Bibles, follow along with us. We're in Romans chapter 11 today. We'll start in verse 7. I just want to say how blessed I was yesterday uh, just at the worship service and just everything that God was able to say to us and, and, and do to us yesterday for us yesterday, giving us that wonderful word. If God is for us and God can't fail, then that means the ball is in our court. It means it's our choice to believe that when we look to Calvary, God proved he loved us. God proved He was merciful. God proved He was gracious. God proved He was for us. And God proved He cannot fail. Therefore, the ball is in our court. Every man who's ever lived is without excuse because if God is for us and God can't fail, there's nothing, there's nothing left but what will you do with that? It was a great message. You can find that on our YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, or the website, which is thecrosswaychurch.com. And uh, you can get a Crossway Church app for your telephone. You can also get the Spreaker app uh, where you can find our channel for those who have ears to hear and find everything that we do there in audio form. But we're just thankful to be here this morning sharing with you the wonderful words of our Lord through here, particularly the Apostle Paul, which Lord, the Lord gave uh, this letter to write to Rome, the church in Rome rather, and to us today. This is the word of God for us today. And we'll see some wonderful truths today. And just let me say uh, this before we dig in today that the, the only people who recognized Jesus when he came and walked this earth uh, were the people who were looking for a Messiah. They were looking for a promised Savior and uh, according to the Scriptures. And today, the Lord is opening up the truth to those who have ears to hear. The truth is Jesus and what He did at Calvary. Without that last part, what He did at Calvary, there is no liberating truth. There is no grace. There is no anything. It takes daily faith and the sacrifice of Christ to be able to partake of the grace of God through faith. And that's our entire lives as Christians. It's by grace through faith. Jesus showed us that way. By grace, He tasted death for all men. Hebrews uh, 2 and 9 and Galatians 2.20 reveals to us that it was by His faith in which He loved us and gave Himself. It was by faith He did that for us. And, and now, because we've trusted in His work at Calvary, He's given us a portion, the, the measure of that faith. And I'm thankful for that. Today in Romans chapter 11, uh, Paul here is referring to Israel not having obtained, verse 7, what then? Israel has not obtained that which he seeks for. The nation of Israel has not obtained that which they're looking for, but the election has obtained it 
and the rest were blind. Even those among Israel, because Paul in one place says all Israel is not Israel. All that claim to be the church today is not the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Those who are uh, trusting in the work of Christ at Calvary have been brought into him and, and, and are part of the body of Christ. Everyone else who's trusting in everything else, uh, they, they, if they didn't come in through the blood, they're not in Christ. If they didn't come in through faith in the blood, they're not in Christ because they opted out of God's only way of righteousness. We're going to talk about that today. It's going to be a really informative program today and I pray that you get your Bibles and follow along because here he says in Romans 11 verse 7, what then? Israel has not obtained that which he seeks for, but the election has obtained it and the rest of them were blinded. According as it is written, God has given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that should See, that, that should not see and ears that they should not hear unto this day. And David said, let their table be made a snare and a trap and a stumbling block and a recompense unto them. That word recompense is key in what we're talking about because God doesn't just say, you'll be blind, you'll be deaf, you'll be blind spiritually, he's talking about. God doesn't do that. It's a recompense. It's a reward for what they are trusting in because in verse 7, Israel has not obtained that which they're seeking for. They're seeking for the righteousness of the law. That's what they're seeking for. But they reject Christ who... The Bible says Christ was the end of the law for righteousness sake. That means the Israel was still thinking they could work their way, their works for righteousness, works according to the law. If I do all this, nobody ever did. Nobody ever could. But that, that's why Christ had to come. Nobody could live a life of perfection because we were sin. Dead men, we were dead in our trespasses. And a dead man can't make a payment. Can't, a dead man can't do anything. He's dead. He's separated from God so far away in sins that he can't get to God. Christ had to come to make the way of reconciliation possible. But watch this now in verse 9. And David said, let their table, that means what they're eating from, spiritually the place they're believing, what they're believing, be made a trap, a snare, and a stumbling block and a recompense unto them. Make, make no mistake, whatsoever man sows, that shall he reap. And again, that verse 9 lets us know that God just doesn't say, well, I'll choose that 25 uh, million people. They're going to hell. They'll be blind. No, God doesn't do that. We are rewarded for what we believe. And if our belief is in the one God sent, Jesus Christ, and his sacrificial work, we will be rewarded not just in the life to come after this life, but in this life, hallelujah, we will find God at work, God imputing His righteousness unto us, us bearing the fruits of His righteousness. But make no mistake about it, when our faith, let me just put it this way, the lost are blind. We're all, when we show up in this life, we're, we're lost. We're sinners, not when we start committing sins. We are born as sinners. We are born blind in our sin. Dead in sin, blind. Can't see. Jesus told Nicodemus, you can't enter the kingdom. You can't even see it 
until you're born again. That proves that it's not seeing to believe, but it's believing to see because the born again experience is believing that Jesus is the Son of God that came to be our Lamb of God to take away our sin. Hallelujah. And then you're born again. Then you have eyes to see the kingdom. Then you have entrance into the kingdom. But until that point, we're blind. Amen. Think about that. But we will see today that Christians, this is not taught, this is, this is very little ever even heard of by any Christians on the planet. Christians who, after being born again, accepting God's only way of declaring us righteous, but, but then we turn, I speak from experience, then we turn to try to uh, uh, bear forth the fruits of this righteousness through these schemes and activities that me and write books and all these hot books that come into the church every year and oh, we finally found it. This is that which God is going to use to pour His power out and all that, new ones every year. They have to be because none of them work. But the deceptions with every one of them. And we move away from simple childlike faith in Christ and His work at Calvary, we go blind again. And you can find that in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 9, that the Christian can go blind again if he forget that he was purged from his old sins. And that doesn't mean that it's not in his mind. That means he's now opted out of that way for the fruits of righteousness today. For that which Christ did to forgive us of our old sins is the only thing that God will work through to give us grace today so that sin doesn't dominate our lives, Romans 6. 14. But if we if we could, it, verse 10 says, let their eyes be darkened that they may not see and bow down their back always. Now, to understand this a little better, let's go back to chapter 10 because that's how you have to study the word of the Lord. You have to go back. You have to move forward. You have to study. You have to write divide the word of God. So watch this, Romans chapter 10, uh, verse 1. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they do have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. It doesn't mean they didn't have any knowledge, but they didn't have the knowledge of God. Think about it. Everybody's got some kind of knowledge, but we've got to have the knowledge, the knowing of God. Watch this, verse 3. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes upon Christ. Christ fulfilled the law. No Jew ever did. No Gentile ever did because they're all born sinners and a sinner can't fulfill the law. you got to understand that. We have to believe upon Christ who was the end of the law for righteousness. Hallelujah. That means the struggle's over, my friend. Jesus paid the price. Jesus lived a perfect, sinless life so that he might be our perfect, sin-bearing offering. Hallelujah. Amen. He fulfilled the law so that we after the Spirit, led by the Spirit, could experience the, the righteousness of the law being fulfilled in us. Romans chapter 8. 
That's good stuff. You need to know that. Only as we walk after the Spirit, only and the Spirit only leads in the path of righteousness, that righteousness which God afforded through Christ's way of the cross, His death. And so when we opt out of that, even when we don't know we're doing it, that's, there's, there's something special about the word ignorance that we need to know or ignorant. Uh, one of the things is, well, well, I don't know. Ignorance doesn't mean stupidity. Ignorance means there's something I don't know. I'm ignorant about that. I, I mean, but there's another word inside the word ignorant that I need to be aware of, and it's called ignore. I, once I hear the truth of the gospel, if I choose to ignore it, blindness, blindness is there. It's because God made, I'm sorry, but I shouldn't apologize, but God chose the consequences that would be there. Think about that. God chose the consequences that would be there. God's the one who chose death for disobedience. God's the one who chose blindness for those who would not receive His Son, who would not submit themselves to His way of righteousness. And God is not mocked. Make no mistake about it. Whatsoever a man sow, whichever direction he sow, in any direction, which there's only two, of the flesh he'll reap corruption, of the spirit he'll reap life everlasting. And that's not just talking about a trip to heaven when you die. That's talking about a reaping right now, as Paul told Timothy. Lay hold on that eternal life that you have. Lay hold on him. His name is Jesus. Lay hold on that which you have. But the only way it's possible is if we keep our faith in the way of righteousness which God offers not just to get in the kingdom, my friend, but to make it through this life bearing forth the fruits of His righteousness. When we've opted out and we were ignorant, we didn't even know we were doing it. We never stopped believing that Christ and what He did at Calvary is what brought us into the kingdom. But here's where 99.9999999% of the church is still to that degree trying to bear the fruits of God's righteousness outside of exclusive faith in the cross of Christ. That's why these books are big sellers. They think this next book's going to be, oh, this is it. This is it. Oh, if you'll just read this book, if you'll do that, if you'll do this, if you'll do these three things. And I came out of that. I used to be a part of that huge deception. It's so subtle because we are put here to work. We And, and Christians are called to work, Ephesians 2.10, but it's, it's we are God's workmanship and all the works we're ordained to walk in are in Christ. And the only way they can take place is if our walk is in Christ. And the only way our walk is in Christ, Colossians 2.6 Write it down. You're going to need this. And, and when you finally get a hold of this, you're going to come out from listening to all that mess you've been listening to. God bless them. We love them, but we can't stay planted there with them. Colossians 2.6 says, Just as you receive the Lord Jesus Christ, that's how you walk in Him. Let's turn over there and just read that uh, word for word today. I want us to see that. I want to see it again my own self this morning. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so, that means like so, 
Walk ye in him. How did we receive Christ Jesus the Lord? Through faith in what he did at Calvary. Just like that, if that's where our faith remains, or if you've moved it like I did for years, and you'll come back today to simple, childlike, exclusive faith in the righteous work of Christ at Calvary, you'll be found walking in him, which is the same as walking after the Spirit, being led of the Spirit. Hallelujah. And that's the only place, my friend, that the righteousness of the law that Jesus has already fulfilled can be carried out, fulfilled in us. Let's go back and look at Romans. I believe it's chapter 8, verse 4. Let's start in verse 3, Romans 8 and 3. For what the law could not do, what, what could it not do? It could not produce righteousness in me. Why? In that it was weak through my flesh. I couldn't keep it. No man's ever been able to keep it because we're guilty of sin. We're dead. A dead man can't keep anything. A dead man is a dead man in sin. So for what the law could not do, couldn't make us righteous. In that it was weak through our flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Watch verse 4, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Those that are led after the Spirit are those who are walking in Christ. And those who are walking in Christ are those who are keep maintaining their faith in what Christ did at Calvary. Think about that now. We've got to understand, we've got to understand that. And again, the only, the only people who ever start seeing are the people who come to God through faith in Christ alone and His work at Calvary alone, not something added to it that they have to do. That means the, the self-righteousness. Christ did the work of righteousness for us at Calvary. I've been saying it for the last month. Isaiah 32, 17. The work of righteousness is peace. Amen. Colossians 1.20 says he made our peace by the blood of his cross. So the work of righteousness is the work of Christ at Calvary. The effect, Isaiah 32.17, the effect of righteousness is quietness, not confusion and I don't know and chaos of spirit. and so, No, it's quietness and assurance. I don't understand why folks are still uh, running around. Uh, try, just, they, they, they claim they know the message of the cross and they get planted in a, in, a, in, in a local church that's preaching this message, but there's something else they think they need. See, that, that is that flesh crying out. I need more than the word of the Lord in that context of the cross. I need more than the message of the cross, my friend. We got folks running around still looking for something that God ain't going to offer them. God's offered you His Son. God's offered you the truth of what His Son did. And if you'll get planted in the house of the Lord where that message is, the, is, is, is preeminent, the, the word of the truth of the gospel, Colossians 1.5, the word of the truth of the gospel. We got so many people who've been, we, we've been so brainwashed as the Pentecostal and the charismatic part of the, we've been so brainwashed thinking that we've got to have, 
We've got to have. I was in a meeting one time years ago with, with a group of elders and, 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 and uh, the lady, one of the ladies just fell out of her chair and shook on the ground right in the middle of the, of the elders meeting and shook on the ground for two or three, four or five minutes and then got back up in her chair and said, I just couldn't live without that. If I didn't have that, I couldn't live. Well, I'm going to tell you something, my friend. I couldn't live without the truth of the gospel and I'm not depending on anything else but the righteousness of Christ. And God has offered that to many people and, and he's directed them to places they can hear that and hear that and hear that and to grow and be equipped for the work of the ministry. But yet they, God's shown them this, but they're still searching. They're still searching. Listen, once you really find the truth of Christ and what he did at the cross, there comes upon you, my, when you subject yourself to it, when you give yourself to that, when you surrender to that, that's humility. Because only at the cross can anybody surrender and, and find true humility that gets grace when you subject yourself to that truth, when you begin to learn God's Word in that context, you're going to find and experience a stillness, a quietness, and an assurance and peace that's beyond your natural understanding. And no matter what's going on around you, as long as you keep clinging to the, the, the Word of the truth of the gospel, not thinking you've got to have something else, We've been sober. We still got people being delivered. We've still got people being delivered. Thank God it's it won't be over till we see Jesus. But listen, we got a whole lot of people who've been listening to the message of the cross for many years who are still seeking for something other than what the simple childlike exclusive faith in the cross will offer them. And it's because there's a lack of subjection to that. They've got it in their heads. They've got it enough to point out the things that are not right. But there's a whole world of difference between allowing that to work in your heart and pointing out everything that's, that's not right because now you know what's right. Listen, let me tell you something. There were many that followed Jesus that turned away. Judas came after him to use him for the wrong purpose. There's been many to walk along for a season only to fall away. They had great joy. Might have been for a week, might have been for a decade of hearing this great message. But when the trials, when the criticism, when the persecution came because of the word in which they had been trusting in, began to bring persecutions, they walked away. Listen, come back to the cross today. Find that local church wherever it might be where they are thankful to know the message of the cross. They've not lost the fire of that message. So we've been preaching this message almost 15, 16 years thereabout. Our church will have been planted in August the 5th for 15 years and the fire of God burns bright. As long as we keep looking to the cross of Christ, there will be a fire of God. There are many that try to control those who are determined to know nothing else. They try to control them with their giving or lack of giving. They, they try to control them by their attendance or lack of attendance. They, they don't even know that all that is at play. But I encourage you today, get planted 
somewhere, to be a part of a group of people who have like precious faith, who are striving together for the faith of the gospel, not who are all wearing the same kind of clothes or, or have the same kind of business or any stereotypical thing, but who are striving for the faith of the gospel. They only want to find Jesus Christ in the scriptures. You find that and you found your place, wherever that might be. I can't tell you where to go to church. There's a lot of places I can tell you you better not go. But I can't plant you. God has to do that. And those who have ears to hear are going to find that place of planting. They're not going to let family. They're not going to let co-workers. They're not going to let some financial situation. They're going to have a love for the truth. And they're going to have a love for the people of God that have a love for the truth. And all the other things we've sought after, strove together for, are going to be thrown out the window. And God is going to raise up a powerful church in these last days. Now think about this. Blindness is something that happens when we reject God's only way of righteousness. It doesn't matter if we're lost and never been saved and blind because we're, we're condemned. It's what Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn you, you're already condemned. I came to save you, hallelujah. We're condemned the moment we're conceived in our mother's womb. Think about that. And Jesus comes and he offers us the way to God, which is the way of righteousness, which is the way of the cross through his flesh. Hebrews says that new and living way, that new and living way in which God imputes righteousness to those that believe upon His Son, not just to declare them righteous. But Romans chapter 6 teaches He declares us righteous and He makes us servants of righteousness. He, he has to because it's the only way we can serve God. Now you need to, you need to hone in on that statement. If, if I'm trusting in anything other than the work of Christ at Calvary, which is that, which made me righteous in the eyes of God, which is that which made me a servant of righteousness. If I'm trusting in any other thing, the Holy Spirit won't work. He won't work. I'm grieving Him. I'm, I'm not walking after the Spirit. And what happens there is the righteousness of the law is no longer being fulfilled in me. Jesus came and carried it out. He did the work of righteousness at the cross. But it's, he fulfilled the law. But the righteousness of the law which he fulfilled, that very work is now being fulfilled in me, but only as I surrender to that truth and that truth alone as far as righteousness goes. And I might add, if... If, if I'm trusting in anything other than the very cross, the, the death of Jesus, the fruit cannot be righteous fruit. The fruit is not that of the Spirit of God. And I know we have a lot of new view, viewers all the time, so make sure you understand there is no separation between the work of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, and the righteousness. The fruits of righteousness and the fruit of the Spirit are one and the same. It's not the fruit of the Spirit and then, well, also, well, every once in a while, the fruit of righteousness. If the Holy Spirit 
is able to teach us and guide us in the truth that takes a subjection by us, a choice by us to daily choose. Jesus taught to deny ourselves, take up our cross daily, which that means we're not trusting in anything else offered to us to be able to bear forth the fruits of righteousness. Yes, we go to church. Yes, we give the tithes and offerings. Yes, we study the Word. Yes, but just because we're doing all those things doesn't mean there's going to be fruit. The fruit takes place by the Spirit if we're being led of the Spirit who can only and will only guide us in the path of righteousness. Think about that. Studying the Bible, going to church, are good things if our faith is in the sacrifice of Christ. Not 40 years ago that God us saved, praise God for that, but today, if my faith remains in Jesus and what He did at the cross alone, I'm going to start sharing that. I'm, when I run across these people who are still trusting in this, their preachers are still telling them, you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to do these things if you want to experience deliverance, then I have to step up to the plate, my friend, and quit pretending and start contending for the faith. I have to quit being concerned about what people are going to think about me. Well, they're, they're, everybody's going to think, well, I'm the only one that knows anything and they don't know anything. No, that, it's always been that's the case. They're always going to blast you when you show them the only way God saves through and guides through and imputes initial the declaration of being righteous, the offer to be a servant of righteousness, and to bear forth the fruits of His righteousness all takes place in that one way, and His name is Jesus. Savior, the cross, it's all wrapped up in Jesus and what He did at Calvary. Now make no mistake about it. This is something we subject ourselves to. We give ourselves to. We surrender to righteousness because righteousness is the power of God. We, we need to understand that. You're, the life that Christ says we are is based on the righteousness that He made us. The righteous standing he gave us. The equivalent is our light. Our, listen, if we're not being led by the Spirit, our light can't shine. Again, let's add to the list. We can't separate the fruit of the Spirit, the fruits of righteousness, and our light shining. There's no separation. And if we're not trusting exclusively in the work of Christ at Calvary, we're in big trouble. And the reason that the church is not experiencing what I'm talking about is because there's an ignorance there. Most, For the most part, they don't know what I'm talking about. They don't know what Paul taught. They're not hearing that ministered in the pulpits across the world. And even when it begins to be ministered, many will reject it, just as Israel rejected the Messiah God sent them. Think about that. In, Romans, in this chapter, we'll get to it here soon enough that the Lord through Paul warns that you better not get heady and high-minded. It's by faith God saved you. And if He cut off Israel, you could be cut off as well. So my friend, if you're watching me, 
instead of having just a verbal testimony of the righteousness of God, that's got to be all we're trusting in from our hearts. It's not only with the heart man believes under righteousness initially, it's daily we believe under the righteous word of God because all his words are in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8 and his righteousness is only revealed in the gospel. Now there will be lots of people that don't like this because they're not hearing it from their pastor or some big known preacher. Listen, can you hear the truth? Are you hearing the truth? according to God's Word. If you are, you subject yourself not to somebody, but to the Lord because He is the truth. Amen. God bless you. We love you. I've gone over time. i got to get out of here. Don't forget to pray for us. Don't forget to give to this good ground in which you're hearing and learning the word of the truth of the gospel. You can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com. You can also do that on your smartphone at 903-231-5950. God bless you. I love you. I'll see you Thursday morning right here again for part four of Romans chapter 11. And until then, man, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. I'll see you then.